0: Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info@fellowshipjj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially, and you can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you, and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message.
1: I thought about you before I ever made you. I wrote every moment down. You were all my dear, above all I created. You are my most precious crown.
2: what's so great about us having a history with our God is that Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus was the same yesterday, today and forever. So what that means is that we have a history of Him being good to us and faithful to us and, and He's blessed us in the past and that means that He's still good and faithful today. And what we can hope for and trust in is that He will still be good and faithful in the future so if you have something to thank him for let's thank him today we thank you jesus we thank you see the history of fellowship church is really cool because god impressed on my parents hearts back in 1989 that that in western colorado there is a group of people that were hurting and broken that a group of people that he wanted to reach that, that, that needed him and, and they faithfully followed him in 1989 and came here and started a church with just 17 people. The history is that Jesus was good and, and he blessed those 17 people and he poured into their lives and, and people were broken out of addictions and marriages were saved and, and lives were changed and, and hope was given. And that has grown to the point to where now we're here today as a result of the fact that that multiplied. God blessed people and then they helped bless us and they helped bless the the next to where we're all in this room because of the history of what God has done. So you might be here today saying, well, I haven't been here 30 years. This This might be, maybe you've been here for 30 years. Maybe you've been here for 10 years. This might be your first week here. The good news is you are part of a legacy here because what he has been doing, he still is doing, he's gonna continue doing. So what I wanna do as we get ready to sit down is I wanna just encourage you that you're already a part of it even if today is the first day you've ever stepped foot in this room. So I'm gonna ask everyone to be seated, but before you do, shake hands with a couple people and tell them how long you have been a part of Fellowship Church, whether it's been today or 10 years, eight years, whatever. Tell a couple people sitting around you how long you've been a part of Fellowship Church, and then please be seated as we continue on today. Up here, I met my beautiful bride. Here, we had our baby. Woo! That's my right, baby. I see you, girl. <laughs> and five years ago, we had the wonderful honor of being placed in a position where we continue leading in this vision that God has put in Fellowship Church. So for five years now, we've been uh, leading in this mission of connecting the unconnected to Jesus Christ, and together growing in full devotion to Him. And we continue to see that, that just what God has done in the past, how he's blessed lives and he's, he's healed people and he's, he, he's, he's brought marriages back from places where the, the, they were just hanging on by a thread, where, where, where we've seen so many miracles happen in the past, they're still happening today. And guys, that's good news that they're still happening today because there's some of you, you came in here broken today. You came in here hurting today and you need to see God move today today. So we continue in this, the, the, the mission to connect the unconnected to Jesus Christ and together grow in full devotion to him. Now, we didn't just make that up. See, this, this is the plan that we see from scripture and over and over again in, in God's word, we see that God shows us he wants to connect to his people. He wants to connect to, to hurting and broken people. And in fact, what, there's a beautiful story that we're gonna take a look at here in Matthew chapter 22. And these are Jesus's words. It's talking about Jesus teaching and it says this it says Jesus responded by telling still more stories God's kingdom he said is like a king who threw a wedding banquet for his son and he sent his servants to call the invited guests and they wouldn't come And he sent out another round of servants, instructing them to tell the guests, look, everything is on the table. The prime rib is ready for carving. Prime rib sounds good. Mm. That sounds like a party I want to be at. Come to the feast, he says. And they only shrugged their shoulders and went off. One to weed his garden, another to work in his shop. Basically, these people had better things to do, or at least so they thought. The rest, with nothing better to do, beat up the messengers and then killed them. (laughs) Like, what? Like, this is better than... Man, some of you need to start reading your Bibles. This is better than days of our lives, I'm telling you right here. Like, we ain't got nothing better to do. Let's just kill these people, right? What in the world? It says, so the king was outraged and sent his soldiers to destroy those thugs and level their city. Then... He told his servants, we have a wedding banquet all prepared but no guests. The ones I invited weren't up to it. So go out into the busiest intersections in town and invite anyone you find to the banquet. The servants went out to the streets and rounded up everyone they laid eyes on, good and bad, regardless. And so the banquet was on in every place was filled. See, I love how Jesus is illustrating the kingdom, and the kingdom is like this banquet that the king is throwing for his son. Now, you and I would know that, that, uh, that his son is Jesus. The king's son is Jesus, and we would know that this banquet would be the church, and he's saying, listen, I've invited people to come and be a part of the church, to come and attend, and to come and celebrate my son and worship. I've invited them, but some of them, they got better things to do because it's a Sunday morning, the weather's good, so some of them are like, nah, I think I'm gonna just go on a hike today, the weather's good, I gotta, I gotta find something, I, I got chores to do, I might wash my car, or something, or after all, we've gotta go to our professional soccer game because our three-year-old, he's gonna make it big someday, right? Like, we got all these other things. They just had better things to do. The king's saying, listen, I've, I, 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 I'm inviting everyone. I'm, I, I want everyone to come and celebrate my son, everyone to be a part of the banquet. And not, not only do they get to celebrate the son, they get the benefit of the feast of the banquet. I, I'm carving up the prime rib for them. I'm carving up the blessings It's ready for them. And, and yet there are some people are like, nah, I got better things to do, so they think. So what does the king do? He says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out and I want you to look and I want you to invite everyone you see. And here's the type of people I want you to invite to come and be a part of the kingdom of God, to come and be a part of the church, to come and be a part of the fellowship church, the good and the bad. Oh, that's good news for me, church, I'll tell you what. It's like it's like some of you, you're like, yeah, the good, that's a good thing, I wanna be a part of the good. But when it says the bad, that means I can be here too, so I get really excited. And I'm telling you, there, there, there's some of us that we need to understand that the call of God is not just that we bring a whole bunch of good people together, but we bring the bad people together too. He says, I want you to go out, and I want you to find people that think they're good, and I want you to go out and find people that they know that they're bad, and invite them because my house should be full because I'm throwing a banquet, I'm throwing a party for my son, and everyone who's going to be there is going to be blessed, and their lives are going to be changed, they're going to be taken care of. So everybody is welcome to the party, the good and the bad. So for 30 years, our church has been praying for and has been continuing to do the work that God has called us to do, and that's to connect the unconnected to Jesus Christ, the good and the bad, and together grow in full devotion to him. And we've been doing that by praying for God to fill this house with three different things, three different people. Okay, and I want you to remember this. Some of you have heard this before. This might be a refresher. If you don't know it, you need to know that this is the heart of our church. This is what we're all about because it's the heart of God and it's what he told us to be about. So number one, we are praying here at Fellowship Church that God would fill this house with broken people, that he would fill this house with broken people, that that, that Fellowship Church needs to be a place where broken People feel safe. The truth is, though, for so many of us, we want safe church, right? We want... We want everyone to look a certain way and vote a certain way and act a certain way and and have the right things to say and their marriages look perfect and they're dressed right and they just—they know how to put it all on and just everything looks right and acts right and be right, correct? That's what a lot of people, they just cookie cutter church. But the truth is, that's not the type of church that Jesus is trying to build, Because he didn't say I want you to go out and invite the good in, he said no, the good and the bad. That that means I want you to go out and I want you to find bad people, I want you to find broken people, I want you to find hurting people and invite them in. He goes, go out and, and invite everyone you lay your eyes on. And he says that because he wants you and I to understand you don't have to look very far to find a broken person. In fact, look at the person next to you. They're just as messed up as you are. We're we're all broken, we're all hurting, because here's what we know about brokenness. Here's what I've learned about brokenness over the years is brokenness is not prejudice. Brokenness will find every race, it'll find every demographic, it'll find men, it'll find women, It'll find rich people, it'll find poor people. Brokenness will find married people, it'll find single people. Brokenness is it, it, not gonna discriminate. Brokenness will find people who look like they have their lives together and they own their business and they've been married for 20 years. And Brokenness will find people who, who are single and, and hurting and young. Brokenness doesn't care who you are, brokenness will find you though. In fact, the truth is there are a lot more broken people than there are fixed people. There are a lot more people that are, that are hurting in different areas and you might not know it because people know how to put a smile on their face, know how to put a mask on their face when they walk around. They go through life acting like they got everything together but, but they're hurting, they're broken. You can be broken so many different ways, too. Because brokenness, broken people okay this is real deep. Stick with me on this Brokenness broken people are broke, okay Wow, that's woo. Let me say it a different way. Broken people are bankrupts they're lacking in something there's There's a lack there because you, you you we're not just talking about money when it talks about brokenness. You can be broken so many different ways you can you can be joy broke like you just you don't even know how to be joyful. You don't even know how to have happiness. There there was a point in your life where maybe you experienced it for a while, but maybe you went through something through a divorce, a loss of a loved one, some sort of tragedy, and it hit you in such a way that it's like you don't even know how to find it anymore. So you're searching for happiness in some way. Like if I can just, maybe for a moment I can, I can find a way to like simulate it. So it's like we fake it for a while and you know it's fake because for just a moment you try to act like you're happy. You try to act joyful, but then once the moment passes, once the party's over, once the experience is gone, it's like you go right back to how you feel. You're, you're joy broke. You, you can be purpose broke. Meaning, like you're going through life, you've, you've gone to school, you've got your education, you're trying to do everything you know how to do, how to live a life of purpose, and you still feel aimless, like I have no direction. You can be purpose broke. You can be family broke. How many of you in here have a perfect family, Right? nobody yeah so like we, we all have broken families we all have hurts in our families in fact for some of you, you, you might have a great family dynamic and you might have loved ones who are around you, but you've never really experienced true family until you came into the family of God and you started recognizing you're around other people who have the same Heavenly Father who, who believe in Jesus. And it's like you're, the first time you ever start to sense a feeling of true family is when you come together in the house of God because, see, all of us, we walk around even family broke. You can be peace broke. Where you're just searching for something, something to to help you sleep at night. Something I mean, and that that even leads you to you, you can be. There are people who are sober broke. But that just simply means you're not sober. <laughs> pretty easy to follow on that one. It's like there's a a hole there in my heart. There's a lack of peace there that I'm trying to fill that hole, and I don't know how to fill it. So for for just a moment, I could get a fix. So just a moment, I could try to find some way to make myself feel better. There are broken people everywhere you look. There's more broken people than there are fixed People And when you break it down, brokenness can happen to anyone. It can happen to people in the most expensive subdivisions, and it can happen to people in a college dorm. Brokenness happens to everyone. So we pray. We pray, God, would you fill this house with broken people? Because Jesus said, I want you to go out onto the street corners and I want you to invite everyone you find, the good and the bad, the people who think they've got it together. They're so broken that they think they're okay. And then I want you to go and I want you to find people who know that they're so jacked up that they need help. It's like because everyone, you look at them, they're, they're broken. They need help. He said, I, I want you to go find broken people. See, broken people, they're all in something. You can be stuck in something. You can be stuck in addiction. Broken people can be stuck in an affair, in pornography, in a bad relationship, in a relationship where, where you're, you're shacked up together, but you're not married. You're in that two cell phone bill that's sprint. You know, like you, you're in it together. You're in it. You're in homosexuality. Broken in dysfunction. Broken people. In, and we say, God, okay, that's, that's what you tell us to go out, and get the good and the bad. So we pray as a church, and I think you would agree with me. God, help us to reach broken people. We want this house full of broken people. Would you agree with me on that, church? Yeah. I know what some of you are thinking, because you're like clapping, and you're like, hold on a minute. <laughs> What's coming with those broken people? Because <laughs> every one of us, we came in here with some baggage every one of us we came in here with some dysfunction and when you when you are around broken people when you are a broken person you 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 have things that you bring with you and what problems are we all bringing in this room together because if you look around, there's a lot of problems that we brought into this room and broken people can tend to hurt other people. See, hurting people hurt people. Broken people can hurt people. If you drop a glass in your kitchen and it shatters all over the floor and breaks, it's like you can't just walk in there barefooted for a minute. Like You, you, need, to, you need to assess it and you need to take some time to help clean it up and fix it. A broken person is not gonna just get fixed overnight and people look at our church and they say things like, man, can you believe they let that type of person go to that church? Can you let, believe they let that type of person serve at that church, that type of person be on the stage? Yes, because we want broken people. That's the point. <laughs> but it takes a little bit to clean up. It takes a little bit. Cause sometimes like when, you, when, when you're trying to help broken people, it can, it, it, it can hurt sometimes. It can hurt when you, you're pouring into someone, you're trying to love someone, and they don't know how to be loved because they're broken. They've never been loved before. So a broken person might betray you. They might turn their back on you. You might be pouring into them and giving to them, and they might not even be thankful for it, and they just they walk away from you. It's like, so to... We need the second thing that we're praying for too is this, because first we're praying that God would fill this house with broken people, and then second we're praying, God, fill this house with people who would do anything to help broken people, okay? We need God, God, would you fill this house with people who do anything to help broken people, because if, if God wants us to go out and get the good and the bad, if we're, if we're gonna help broken we need people who, who will be compassionate and who will love broken people because you have to be full of God's love and full of His compassion to love on people who, who, who will hurt you at times. So what, what do you mean by that I'm like yeah, have you ever cleaned up that glass that you dropped on the floor in the kitchen and there's shards everywhere and you you're just trying to clean up the mess and then all of a sudden before you realize it you're bleeding and you now you've got band-aids all over your fingers and you're like, wait a minute all I was trying to do was clean up the mess and sometimes when we're dealing with people who are hurting it's like we end up being the ones that get hurt as well We're like now I feel a little cut now I feel a little offended I feel like I haven't been treated right here and I was I was just trying to love people, right? And and the thing is, when we get to a point where we recognize God wants to fill this house with broken people, we have to say, okay, I've got to be the type of person who's willing to do anything to help and love these broken people. And that means I've got to give of some things of myself. What do you mean by that? It means if you're going to help broken people, you've got to first give of your time. You gotta give it your time, because let me tell you, I understand. It is so much easier to just go to church, hear some worship songs, sing along, and then, and then hear a message and go home. That's easy to do, very easy. It becomes a lot more inconvenient once you recognize, though, that you're not the only broken person in the room and other people need help. So now I can't just go to church. I need to also serve. So maybe I should serve in a nursery so a broken person can come in and get, and get ministered to. Maybe I need to serve in security. Maybe I need to serve in an outreach or serve in our funeral team or something so I can go out and I can help people who are broken. you got to give of your, of your time. You might also have to give of your money as well. Because there's a cost to helping broken people. I mean, just keeping this building open, we just started talking about this Fixer Upper program. I mean, like, there's a cost to everything we do. The, it's not like the energy company says, ah, oh, you're a church, we'll just let you do your electricity for free, right? Like, you're, you're a church, we'll just build your building for free. Your church we will just give you the, no, that's not how it works. Everything has a cost. So when the Bible says in Malachi, bring the whole tithe to the house that there may be food for everyone in my house, food in the storehouse. Well, for who? For broken people. That means we've got to bring our resources so we have the money to be able to minister to kids who are hurting and minister to your loved ones and your family members and coworkers and friends. It all has a cost. I don't want to bore you with that, but it might mean that as we're praying, God, move us forward into this this next season of our life. We go, okay, it's time for me to stop looking at just how is the church helping me, and maybe I should get obedient with what God is wanting me to do and being a part of that and saying, okay, God, I want to give of my time. I want to give of my money. I want to give of what you've given me in my gift set so I can serve and help and love broken people. So church, we're praying, God, fill this house with broken people. Fill this house with people who would do anything to help broken people. And then the third thing, the most important, that I hope you would get, and and, and every time you come into this church, every time you're getting ready in the morning on a Sunday to come to this church, that we pray for this. Guys, we need God to fill this house with his presence. We need his presence in here. We need it. In this... Let me tell you, this might sound churchy to you. It might sound a little spiritual. If you're not coming from a a church background, this might sound a little strange for you, but I'm just gonna say it the way it is. Let me be 100% clear and honest with you. We need the Holy Spirit of God in this room with us every time we meet together. If he's not here, what are we doing? Like. We can just get together and sing some songs and be like, "Oh, that was fun!" And I give Pastor a six on that one today. And we sing "Kumbaya." It's like, what? What's the point? That's rude, Pastor. I can't believe you even said it. it's real. Okay, because there's no motivational speech that I could give. There's no song that we could sing. There's nothing that could change your life other than the presence of God in your life. There's nothing that, like, the Bible says the Lord is spirit. Jesus is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Okay, so what that means is when God's spirit comes into the room, there has to be freedom in that room. So when, the, G, when Jesus comes into the room, that means addiction falls off of people. That means that all of a sudden where people have been stuck in anxiety and depression and not sleeping at night, that has to fall off of people. Where there's been sickness, it has to fall off of people. Where, the, where there's been infidelity, it has to fall off of people. Why? Because Jesus is spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How many of you want freedom in your life? So don't get up on a Sunday morning and just go do church like we just gonna go sing a song. I hope they sing my song. And then I hope the pastor does a good job and doesn't bore us today. And it it's like it, it, no, no, no. We go, God, I need your presence today so desperately. I, I need to meet with you because I need change. I need it so desperately. And for 30 years in Fellowship Church, for many, many more years than that, the world has seen it. But for 30 years in Fellowship Church, we can look back at a history and say, you know what? I've seen the fact that God has been faithful and he's healed marriages and he's changed people and he's blessed people. And now it's time that I want some change. I want some blessing. I want some healing. So God, would you meet with me? Jesus, would you meet with me? I need your spirit in my life. So if you need his spirit in your life, if you want his freedom, I wanna ask you to stand to your feet with me right now because we come together and we celebrate 30 years of what God has done here because we recognize he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's always been good. He's always gonna be good. But the good news is he's good right now. So even right now in this room, he can begin to change things in you. This next week, we're starting a four-part series that I wanna invite you to be at every week. And I wanna invite you to invite your friends, your coworkers, everybody you know, because the, the series is called, It's Time for a Change. It's Time for a Change. Are you gonna be changed by, by what words come out of my mouth? No. Are you gonna be changed by the songs that we're gonna sing? No. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we are praying that God would be in this place. And when we come into this place, I believe there's some things that in your life you've decided to just live with. You've decided, I guess it's just, it's always been there, it's just the way it's gonna be, it's just that thorn in my flesh, and and I believe, no, I believe it's time for that thing to change in your life. Because we serve a God who loves you enough to take your brokenness and fix you, and help you start fixing other people too. So guys, we get to celebrate today and we get to thank God today for what he has done, for what he is doing. And we get to get excited and thank him for what he will do in this next season. So I'm gonna ask you to pray with me. And then we are going to celebrate as a church out in our fields. We've got bump and jump set up out there and the spider jump and food. We'll give you tons of free food. You can get fat before you leave here today. It's going to be awesome. But uh, I want to pray for you right now that, that God would bless you and just thank him right now for everything that he's done. So Lord Jesus. We come before you right now as your people, who you've been faithful to, who you've taken care of, who you got us into this room today because of your love for us. It's all about you and we thank you, God. And we pray that you'd help us communicate your love to our city, recognizing we don't have to be perfect. We are broken, but you're working on us. You're fixing us. And then God, help us to be the type of people who love you, and, and, and look for you in every situation because we're gonna need to love those people that are hard to love sometimes too. So thank you so much for your love. Thank you for 30 years. Thank you that we, our, our lives are changed and we're seeing our kids' lives change too. Help us see our grandkids' lives in generation to generation to generation because of what you've done. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we'd like to give you an opportunity to do so right now. Romans 10.9 says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. We'd like to pray and simply invite Jesus to be your savior and the leader of your life. You can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner who needs forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I ask you to be the leader of my life, to be the Lord of my life, and I want to follow you. I believe, God, that Jesus is who he said he is. And I choose now to follow him all the days of my life. I commit my life to you, and it is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, we'd like to congratulate you and share your story with us at infofellowshipgj.com. Again, thanks for joining us.